treason question mark <laughs> is that that was in all the best caps right mm-hmm. i'm still in somebody else's joke or you can put a link in the show notes and i'll put it on um in slack but somebody had a very good tweet which uh replying to that which was um this is twitter not google <laughs> it's pretty good um yeah this is this is, this is I, I very much sympathize with Darth's, uh, you know, the like the change my mind meme. Oh, that's become one of my favorites. I appreciate the person who did that first, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Of uh, and he posted that like midway through the day, and then it was he doubled down on the. Uh, <laughs> it's only Wednesday. <laughs> this, this, this has been a rough week. It's been it's been a fucking busy week. Mm-hmm, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll skip the politics stuff because we've been getting behind, I think, on most of the episodes. Or we haven't been talking about much of the T-word stuff. And I, and I hear that the, um, the core audience is getting restless. We, we've gotten some, some angry emails. Our, uh, our base is upset, if you will. Yeah, people, people are sending us angry, angry replies on Mastodon. <laughs> right. God, I... I mm. Stephen Hackett... Uh, this is going to be me remembering other people's amusing tweets. Uh, Stephen Hackett, I think it's like uh, you're in a root in for a rude surprise if you think that changing your social network is going to make people not be awful. And I think that's kind of what it is. And this and this was me in my in my misguided fifty dollars of signing up for app.net. Like it's just everything just tends towards being shit after a while. Once you hit a mass of people or um like this uh, business potential phase. Everything just has to be it become terrible. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we jump right into follow up, I want to stress that um, this 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 program is currently um, advertisers can call us, but we are currently a non profit program. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. w- with that said, I think uh, a majority of Supreme Court justices would consider that last week's episode intro uh, falls under the fair use media doctrine, and that we cannot be sued by the new york times yeah very very much so i think yeah and if they do need to name a defendant um i think your name is on all the hosting bills so i think it's your voice on the recording though uh but uh you better hope they're tapes <laughs> uh and then you would reply oh lordy doesn't doesn't that feel like that was four or five years ago <laughs> four generations ago yeah it happened around the great depression Oh, we're probably on on track for another one of those because you know globalism is dead, mm-hmm. um, or global, yeah. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about Comey, but can I? No, the left. I'm just going to say one thing: the left has a weird way of uh, hating somebody, and then the moment they are doing anything that's advantageous to their side, being cool with them all of a sudden. Yeah, happened with Comey. Happens with a lot of people. Anyway. Uh, it's almost let's... like the left doesn't really have a clear sense of direction or strategy almost oh but the, but they they well yeah but uh ocasio cortez is, is gonna fix everything because mm, mm. we're gonna we're gonna abolish ice we're gonna get medicare for all right. and um that's gonna go over well mm-hmm. follow up yes so, uh, do do we do we have America's latest new favorite segment? Well, so this is this is going to be an ansel- This is going to be like a, a side hustle to um, Stiller's. Is that, is that the right? Is that the right? Is that the right phrase? Side uh, hustle. 
if there's no hustle with the, well, never mind. Oh, I think I think sparkling water is 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 a hustler's business. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> maybe Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy should have gotten into that. Oh, yeah, he's he's got some tips for cell phone sales. Definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah. So actually, I have a question. When ever since like uh, about hu- Dara about hustling. Oh, vaguely, yeah. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> you're the authority on it, literally. Oh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> on on ask, your LinkedIn, ask me anything. <laughs> on your LinkedIn bio, like on the on the on the like the second line, it says, uh, "What does it say?" Well, no, yours wouldn't say dad. Like you know how like people put like like father, uh, Giants fan, de- alchemist, or like they, there's always the the dumb like three three word bio thing. Right. Yeah, your LinkedIn subtitle is is, is hustle first, uh, v lookups later or something. <laughs> okay. So my my question or my original point was, um, ever since Dara took over for Uber as they're trying to like fix their whole thing. Have they? Do they still run those um, get your side hustle ads on, or did they stop that? I think they stopped those ads because they had to make room for the ones where he gets to self-aggrandize himself and make it seem like he's the savior coming to save the world's most important company. Seventy percent of that statement was true. Mm, Uber isn't a porn company, and he's coming. To, he he is coming to save it. One of those ads ran during Better Call Saul this week, mm-hmm. and I, I think I've ranted about them on the show before, but they're just, they're, they're so self-centered, and like all they're trying to do is make him look good, and it's just, it's, it's kind of gross. I disagree. So, so a couple things on this. So... They have a problem where, like, it was rotten from the top, and Kalanick ran a really horrible company that that just to the extreme did that whole bullshit Silicon Valley move fast and break things thing. But he was just he was just a bad person uh, in a number of regards. So I think I don't think it's that wrong to think that the strategy strategy should be that you should have somebody front and center who you know is leading the company and is is like projecting the image that. I'm not a bad person. I don't think that's an illegitimate uh, marketing strategy. Um, the other part, though, is, is yeah, they are, man, they're spending a lot of money. Like, so much of my Instagram ads is um, the Uber moving forward campaign, and I don't like it. And and there's one where they're advertising the jump bikes, and they're saying uh, some, uh, some trips only require two wheels or, or some, some BS like that. Uh, the only other observation I have about that is that um, that they're ad campaign tagline thing is moving forward and that was also toyota's uh tagline back when the priuses had the thing where they wouldn't stop so i think that's kind of funny speaking of i i saw a couple of those uh posy family commercials last night oh do you see the one in front of uh, where, where he's, at, he's at pico no oh There's... okay we'll, mm, we'll get to that okay. or we'll, i'll send you a link i saw the one i saw two i saw one where him and his wife go to AT&T Park to watch a movie. And then um, Bruce Bochy comes and just like sits right in front of them. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there was another one where they go to the dry cleaners and he, he's picking up like, you know, eight of his uniforms that are just been freshly clean. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I suppose he has a really weird Twitter presence. He's, he's, he, I guess I'm going to say that he was on the uh, on the cutting edge of knowing that Twitter is garbage, but he doesn't actually use it. 
the only reason I ever go there is because he has um he posts all the Toyota ads that he does there. <laughs> and yeah, I've got a link on March twenty third. He has a thing where there's an entirely empty ATT park and then yeah, Bochi sits right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um oh shit. Sorry, I accidentally clicked on the sound. Um but yeah, he also has one where he, he is in Larkspur and he is um at a four way stop in front of Pico and you can tell uh Pico is clearly featured in the ad and it's pretty good hmm yeah yeah north bay's favorite restaurant mm-hmm. um okay so we uh yeah still or sparkling is expanding into a segment that you um that we workshop together but you mostly uh coined which is uh hot or cold oh i i don't know i i'd say that one was a a 50 50 effort yeah 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 it's it's like the madman thing where uh don draper yells at peggy <laughs> And then he, it's my favorite scene in the entire show where he yells, that's what the money's for. Pretty good. I miss that show. I don't. It went on mm. for a really long time. Like, I always, I, I, I often wonder, like, is it worth a rewatch? But then I kind of think, what actually happened over seven seasons? Like, I was never actually clear on what was actually going on with, um, what was his wife's name? Um, I know January Jones, but I, I, can't, I can't remember her character's name. I'm, I, as we'll get to with our Better Call Saul recap, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the best with remembering characters and shows. Um, it's not, um, I gotta get fast with the Googling. Uh, uh, Betty Draper. There we go, right. Yeah. Like, there's a whole, there are whole seasons where I'm unsure of what was actually going on there. And I, and, Mad Men was good in the moment, but I feel like it probably doesn't. It had spectacular episodes, but I think it would be a pretty, a bit of a snooze on a rewatch. Maybe, yeah. Uh, cold brew, ice yes. coffee, mm-hmm. hot, hot or cold, spelled much like treason, all capitals, K O L D. And the reason why that's funny is because uh, Keurig, and we covered this when we were talking about their DRM uh for their keurig hot coffee maker things uh they introduced a line of cold ones which was supposed to which is spelled all caps k-o-l-d which was supposed to take on soda stream i think maybe it was weird and you know nothing makes a joke funnier than when you explain it in detail it's kind of like my strategy of repeating a joke over and over again yeah, yeah my, mine was more successful. <laughs> <laughs> because whenever you repeat a joke, it was a really unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it just keeps getting funnier. Okay, so we've covered this couple. This, this is more of our, our cold brew segment. So you had you had strongly endorsed the, well, to take a step back, you, both you and Mike Hurley had endorsed Blue Bottle's uh, New Orleans iced coffee. Correct. Which is great. And I've had it in person a couple of times and it's very, very good. And the pairing that you both endorse, but I think was a Mike uh, original, was with the molasses cookie. Fantastic. I, I have, and I say this without any sense of shame, I, that has been my breakfast on a couple of occasions. I, I so much dislike people like you with a fast metabolism. Because if I just <laughs> ate, if I ate that sugar bomb, like I would just, I would, every day I would be 3,000. Well, not, I, I certainly, that's certainly not every day. That's, that's on occasion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's a really good combo uh, that people should have maybe once a quarter. Um, 
But yeah, so you had mentioned that they also like mass manufacture, or like in grocery stores, they also have um, like a little 10 ounce uh, version that you can buy. Uh, and Whole Foods carries it um, in a few other places. And it's very good. I just really, really don't like that it's in like a little milk carton like you're in fourth grade. Well, and it's I not mean, even a good milk carton, like where it it, it is. Des- I'm not sure if it's designed that way, but it, it begs to be put in something else. And when you're at work, that's not ideal. Okay, yeah, I, I could see that. I've only ever purchased it from the local market and then brought it home, and then I just mm-hmm. pour it into uh, a cup with ice. So the you know I, I I'm with you where the little curtain thing's not my favorite either, but I've never really had it in a situation where that's really mattered yeah it's like if i was working on uh, on that and i was drinking if i was sipping iced coffee out of a 10 ounce elementary school juice box like that that's that's not a great look and also (laughs) um i i just don't think it it is also great to like drink it out of a, a a paper um like water dispenser cup they there'll be a link to this in the notes. They evidently have a cold brew as well because, like you said, this New Orleans drink is a is an iced coffee, not a cold brew. And the the cold brew, which I've never seen in stores, comes in a little can. And it's it's hmm. too it's too bad that the iced coffee doesn't come in that same can. So I saw that at Whole Foods as well. So I might have to try that one too. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't tried that. It it looks like it's totally unsweetened which not to get too far ahead in this segment but i I think that's something that you don't love i don't mind it actually like it it depends on the day of whether or not yes um, that's uh, like like, because and that's the thing where i'm kind of picky about black coffee where if i'm going to like equator or fills or something or a blue bottle where i i if i'm in the mood for a black coffee that's great but if I'm having a rough day, or if I'm not having a, a an eager morning, um, I, I need something that's a little bit sweeter. That's you totally nail that. That that's totally true for me. Where my so I, I'm I'm almost always cold coffee. You usually cold brew, sometimes iced coffee, but you know ninety ninety five percent of the time some type of cold coffee, and that's a hundred percent right. Where it it just kind of depends on what kind of day you're having, whether you want to go down the the sweeter route or whether you want something just straight like for me the pete's cold brew is is pretty good just without any sort of milk or sugar um but then like starbucks's cold brew you need at least a little bit of milk in there um but then yeah it kind of just depends day to day which one sounds better like or like i'll find if i have sugary coffee too many days in a row that like I need a palate cleanser and go mm-hmm. unsweetened for at least a couple of days. Yeah. If it was like a two snooze or less on the echo spot kind of day, that's, that's a cool, that's, that's just a straight black coffee kind of day. But if it's, it's, if it's three or more snoozes you need, yeah, that's, that's vanilla latte day. Right. So you, so you said you had some thoughts on that, that blue bottle iced coffee is it, is it mostly on the container so it's mostly on the container it's like it's fine and also because it's like a, a th- not like thicker is the wrong word but it's like it's it's not like a watery like a cold brew type situation I so think, like yeah no thicker thicker is a good description yeah but it's not like a protein shake or something but no. um did you see not not to interrupt but did you see that starbucks has a 
protein blended cold brew thing now i actually think i saw it from somebody posting it on your on your facebook wall oh yeah where it's right, it's yeah. now um yeah it's like it's like an almond cashew coconut like protein paste like it looks super gross mm-hmm. uh, starbucks makes eight thousand different drinks and i'm kind of over their nonsense like they did that whole made for instagram unicorn drink and right. i'm i'm over starbucks's bs so no thank you mm-hmm but yes, yeah, so the blue bottle thing, and it's also like I'm I'm very sensitive just because um I, I I don't I don't know nutrition, but I think I probably have a slower metabolism where if I have a lot of sugar or a lot of calories at once and I don't work it off, it's not great. Um, and the uh, for the ten ounce thing, the um the blue bottle milk carton thing has has nineteen grams of sugar, which is not horrible, but not awesome. It's um I I would love if they made a version that had about half the amount of sugar. Because even calories aside, I, it, it is a little too sweet. Like, mm-hmm. I really like it and have it more often than I probably should. But the one critique I have of it is it is just a little too sweet. Yeah. I would love a, a light version of it. I think that would be really good. Because Blue Bottle's coffee is excellent. So I would, I would rather taste a little bit more of the coffee. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I also, uh, as part of this experiment, I also grabbed a Stumptown Nitro coffee in a can, which is cold brew, uh, infused or with like added nitrogen to give it kind of like a bit of texture and frothiness. I don't know how the science works. Go, go ask Betsy DeVos. <laughs> but, um, uh, like it, it was fine for a, for a no sugar, like no calorie thing. It it was fine. Uh, but God, it was four fifty a can, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, the um, I don't know if I told the story either on air or off air. Um, I really like a company called Modern Times. They're down in San Diego. They're I think just about equally known for their beer and for their coffee, and they make some like, canned cold coffees that you, you think you you can find them around. They're really, really good, and they don't add any kind of sugar or anything. They just sort of do unique things to the coffee. So, like, for example, one of the ones that I really like is they age coffee in uh, bourbon barrels, and mm-hmm. it really, really gives the coffee a super unique flavor, again, without any adding any kind of um, artificial ingredients or sugar or anything. Uh, but anyway, I you know I said you can you can find it around, but you can't really find it everywhere, at least not up here. So I was in the airport down in San Diego a handful of months ago and saw it. I was like, oh great, like I wanted a coffee, you know, the perfect perfect find. And I take it to the cash register. Mm-hmm. This is a I don't like I think like one of those odd size cans, like an eleven ounce can or something. Six ninety nine. Yeah, but you're in the airport, so I assume at a Whole Foods it'd be three three eighty nine or something. Right, right. But <laughs> I was I was quite <laughs> that's, that's, quite a, that's a kick in the gut. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, it's like one of those things where like I didn't find that out until I was already at the cash register. There's like this big long line of people behind me. It's like, eh, what am? Uh, <laughs> all right, fine. That's an um, awkward situation. Yeah. But um, hmm. anyway, so so go, yeah, going going back to your your Stumptown coffee, I'm. Not not a big nitro guy. Again, either with beer or with coffee, it's it's becoming very trendy in both. It's just I don't hate it, but I don't. It's it would never really be my choice. It's a lot like sushi, where 
I don't mind sushi, mm. but I, I, I'm never going to be the one to suggest going to get sushi. Because it's bad and you don't want to ruin everything for the group. No, I, it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, but it's, it sounds like you're, you're also kind of maybe a little lukewarm about Nitro. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, uh, we're going to keep this segment going and our sponsors will, uh, subsidize it. But like, I'm, I'm going to keep trying cause I, I didn't hate it. And again, when you, th- when you add the context of no sugar, that adds a, that's you, you, it gets super graded on a curve mm-hmm. and I, I, I will get behind that. Yeah. Um, one thing, I mean, I, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but something that i also really enjoy doing is making your own cold brew Mm. it's really really easy it's very cheap and it's nice because obviously you're in complete control of sugar content and all that good stuff so something to something to think about maybe but yeah i don't i don't i don't like having pictures in the fridge well okay i can't can't help you there Got to make room for the uh, bubbly. Oh, most oh, sorry. B U B B L Y. Yes. Oh, we. I don't think we had that on the agenda, but we'll we'll get to it in a second. Where because uh, you tried mm. in a in a plastic bottle, you tried PepsiCo's gross bubbly in a, in a CVS as as one does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the Stumptown thing, meh. I'll, I'll I'll keep trying, but it's it's not horrible. But yeah, like yeah, if, like that's it's expensive like that's literally actual coffee made in a real place by a barista type thing so that's that's my other criticism with the uh, blue bottle coffee oh, it's four bucks yeah yeah so it's 3.99 and i think if you go into an actual store a new orleans iced coffee is 450 mm-hmm. so you're getting some savings but not not a ton the thing that I will say is that, like, so I thought about this, and I am mentally okay with five fifty for barista coffee and up to $3 for an energy drink. So therefore, this isn't that egregious, but it's, it's, it's still pricey. Well, but the thing is, when you, for me, spending the 4 bucks going to actually get coffee is different than spending four bucks picking it up at the store. Mm-hmm. Going to get the coffee is sort of a like a ritual and a process. So I feel like I don't know part of what part of the money you're spending is is on that versus just you know again going to the store and putting it in your fridge. It's I don't know feels sure. a little different. Are you an energy drink person ever? Um, not anymore. I'm a, a reformed energy drink person. We had relied on them heavily in college, um, had free Red Bulls in one of my first jobs out of college that I would not have every day, but have probably a couple of times a week. Mm -hmm. And kind of since then have stuck pretty strictly to coffee. Like no, try not to drink any soda. Um, and yeah, I can't really even tell you the last time I had an energy drink. Did it fall away naturally or was it a concerted effort at the start? Concerted effort. Both started with soda, like soda. I worked really hard on kind of taking out of my diet. I used to drink way, way too much soda Hmm. and then same with energy drinks. Um, and the, the energy drink thing was more just thinking like long term health, like Mm -hmm. having a 
understanding that that's just, you know, I'm already someone who, like I would describe myself as someone who's always like maybe a little on edge. So like I would, I would have guessed that my, like my resting heart rate's probably a little higher than it is for some folks. So pumping a bunch of taurine into my system on a regular basis is probably not, not what I need. That's a super interesting observation. That is not how I would describe you. Huh. Well, you know, looks can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Sure. Brand might be a little on edge recently. But <laughs> if my, the cuts on my hand Aww. are any evidence. Yeah, puppies, puppies, puppies bite, turns out. <laughs> yeah, so that could be like an episode of Hidden Brain on NPR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny for you if you ever listen to that show, but it's, it's very bad, so don't watch it. Or don't listen to it. Um, so what is, before we move on, what is the, your take on the, uh, we'll, we'll uh, transition into sister segment, uh, Still or Sparkling. What, what is your read on uh, Bubbly with one B, or with two Bs instead of three? It was really bad. Yep. Really really bad <laughs> so this was a like a strawberry flavor i think i had i, I mm-hmm. sent you that picture mm-hmm. it was very very artificial tasting mm-hmm. which you know is funny because it says right in big bold letters on the bottle no artificial sweetener or flavors but it just tasted like chemicals which is that's the thing that i really like about Lacroix for the most part is that it tastes pretty natural and pretty light and this was the total opposite of that yeah i think like when i originally uh, like bought a few of them like i think i mentioned like it really tastes like there's sugar in this mm-hmm. and or like some type of artificial sweetener and it yeah it's 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 really bad yeah okay i'm glad i'm not alone um i, I don't know if you've ever had um i'm trying to look this up in real time here i think it's i think it's just called ice I do. Is it the one that comes it's in the called clear um, sparkling ice? And sparkling it's ice. I very much do not like those. So yeah. So it um, it also like when you taste it, like your first thought is, I cannot believe this doesn't have any artificial flavoring or sweeteners, which also then makes you think like, what other horrible things could possibly <laughs> be in this? But those. I I certainly don't drink those on any kind of regular basis, but like when I when I'm in the mood for something that's maybe a little more soda esque, that would that would be a go to for me. Like I actually do generally enjoy the flavors of those. Again, not as something I want every day, but when I'm kind of in that mood. But I just the flavor of of bubbly, I just I would never want that. Yeah, it's really bad. All right. Um, moving on. Let's 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 blow through the rest of the follow up. So, uh, uh, people will under will have heard uh, it's, it's it's been a recurring thing on the show. But the scooters mm. and the blight on society that they are. So people will remember that back in June, I think the city of San Francisco said, "No, nah, get get this crap off the street." Um, they've been receiving too many complaints, and also nobody asked permission to put the just to throw this motorized garbage everywhere um so the permitting process went through over the past couple of months and uh, according to the san francisco examiner uh there have been two scooter companies that have been awarded permits in a one-year limited pilot trial and uh spoiler neither of them are the like none of them are for the companies that just littered the streets with um these uh crappy things so no lime no bird 
no whatever the other one was it's uh yeah so so mike mike isaac skip yeah so mike isaac's tweet which we'll put in the notes kind of summarizes this pretty nicely he says the winners of sfmta's scooter permits skip and scoot the losers uber bird lime lift lesson the quote ask forgiveness not permission and quote school of uber operations isn't always going to work which is good and is this the same scoot that has had those like little vespa e things around the town it's or is a good, it a different scoot it's a good question i i think so yeah like i mean this is this is this is good like i mean because i i don't want this to become a larger topic but like what i'm going to say is like that i think companies that want to do stuff in the real world i think like the era of oh just throw it out into the market and deal with the consequences later i think that's a lot of it's mostly over at least in the united states where like i don't think cities are going to put up with this crap anymore where they need to work with city governments and the and like the existing actors to try to um quote unquote disrupt or innovate like uh, if these were deployed in a sensible way sort of similar to um ford go bike or city bike and that kind of stuff like if there was a place that they're supposed to live i think and and if there was like proper um rider education and people knew that these go on the bike lanes and not on the goddamn sidewalk like there would be this could be a good um traffic congestion relieving tool to help people get places faster but because overnight they just decided to throw 1500 scooters on the street uh, on the streets of san francisco that's that's less less cool well and i i do see what mike isaac is getting at with his uber comparison but i i'm not sure it's quite a one-to-one comparison in the sense that it wasn't like with uber when they rolled out in san francisco there were thousands and thousands of extra cars overnight and the drivers at the end of the day just left them parked in the middle of the street. It was a fairly gradual rollout. And I mean, certainly now at scale has, has caused some traffic disruptions, but like not, not in the same way that leaving a scooter in the middle of the street does. I think I'm, I'm a, I, I, I agree with that point, but I think it is actually a fairly accurate comparison, just in the sense that uh, Uber's main, like the government knock against Uber would be that they didn't work within the confines of the existing transportation law, that you have all these um, four hire cars that weren't subject to the regulation that um, existing taxi cab and ride hailing services and stuff were. So I think that part is mostly the same, but like I I I take your point that it, having like the actual like fixed assets just lying around the forty nine square miles of the city is 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 different. But well, and and Uber was just a much more gradual rollout. Like Uber, like at least in my experience, seemed like it became a thing here in this. Or I guess I'm not in San Francisco anymore, but here in the Bay Area. Um, over time, like let's say over the course of like six to 12 months, where they kind of made that transition to making Uber X widely available versus this scooter thing, which I mean, like literally was a, a truck showed up one day and just like threw these things on the street. Like it, it almost feels like had these scooter companies been 30% more courteous and thoughtful of the way that they did this, that 
they would have never run into any of these problems. Yep. So I, so that's where I'm, I'm not really sure the ask forgiveness later mentality is quite dead yet, but I, I, but I do agree that you need to show at least a little bit of thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Elon Musk is a bad person. We won't talk about it, but just let that simmer in. If you want to go Google and go look at BuzzFeedNews.com and see um, what awfulness he's up to this week, um, yeah, and, I, and I see, don't. I, I don't want to get into it. But it's neither bad. do. Neither do I. But I, I, I think eventually that should reflect on his cars and people's decision to purchase them because it, it, yeah, he's, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Uh, Ford has canceled their. Um, uh, they were going to import the. Well, so you, so you brought this up in a different way, actually, and I think that's added context. Uh, Ford had said, I think by like 2019 or 2020, they were planning on eliminating all sedans in the United States, or at least the North American market or something. Right. And uh, Ford has a model called the Focus Crossover, which is more like maybe a subcompact SUV that they are manufacturing in China that they were planning to bring to the U.S., which I think actually kind of still fits in with the spirit of we're not making sedans anymore. Uh, but they have canceled that plan because of the um, looming 25% tariffs that would apply to foreign automobiles from China. Um, and that's uh, just another um, uh, real-world consequence of this uh, ongoing trade war that's not a trade war, but it is. Yeah, but trade wars are easy to win, so that'll be fine. Easy to win, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Lyft is scheduled to, um, or is doing the groundwork, laying the groundwork for uh, a 2000, uh, 2019 IPO. So interesting. It's, it's likely that they'll beat Uber to, uh, to being a public company, and that's a little bit weird. And also that's probably immediately traceable to um, Uber having to spend a lot of time dealing with... Um, culture messes and uh unforced errors related to its business yeah very very much so um and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to both lyft and uber becoming public companies because you just get a level of visibility that you don't when a company stays private same as uh why it's really interesting that spotify is public now um you know it's it the, the data that you get when you're a public company being in the public is um is really interesting yeah all right let's talk about the 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 most fun stuff so we haven't talked a a ongoing thing with the show has been smart home stuff and smart gadgets things and Mm -hmm. i don't think we've talked about that uh, extensively much no and i i have a like i have a lot to say here so i'm really glad that you you put this on the agenda yeah. So do you want to start or do you want me to just jump into complaining about the Harmony Hub? <laughs> I I really I want you to start. I so you you have to provide the listeners a little bit of context here about cuz I think we've kept this mostly off air. Well, so I've been hemming and hawing about this this will be an this will be a, something we talk about on a different show, but I have been replacing a lot of stuff in my life like fixed assets in, or like like permanent like durable things in addition to technology and i've been thinking about like stuff that i've had forever and the harmony one that i bought like i bought in 2010 
like my universal remote control was literally eight years old and you had gotten, I think, I don't know if it was a wire cutter deal or a slick deals thing, but you maybe 12 months ago, it was a, it was a price error on Amazon UK's website at like 1 a.m. on Black Friday. Uh, I, I guess I found out about it like yeah on Slick Deals or something. Yeah, yeah. So so you you got a pre Brexit deal on the Harmony, <laughs> the Harmony Elite, and it came with a UK plug and in your your house and your apartment didn't support two forty. So but you you somehow managed. Well, so it I you know I looked like into it. It's just it. micro USB. It's just micro USB. So if if you get any kind of micro USB you know wall adapter, you can just plug it into that. Yeah. So and and you, I think your your history with it hasn't been flawless, but I think you're mostly pretty jazzed about it, and and you've gotten more jazzed about it as the like this they did like a second generation Echo skill or something. Totally, yeah, I was really happy with it out of the box, even just the remote itself and the limited um, Lady in a Can integration that it had from the get go was great, but then they've evolve that over time to make it really really good so yeah i've can i've continued to be really happy with that remote yeah so my history is 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 less so so i've been hemming and hawing over it for i think like literally nine months and you uh thank you and anytime um you'd see one that was on sale or it came up in the news like you you would let me know about it but like (laughs) i I was kind of i kept going like you know i i this is not worth it. And the Harmony one is fine, but the Harmony one wasn't fine. And the Harmony hub is also very bad and I don't like it. And it's, and it's not good. So the first part of it is, uh, I bought one that was allegedly new on like, cause I was, I, I was looking on eBay for one just cause like, I like, I, I, for some reason I had gotten mad at the, the Harmony one. Like it just wasn't doing what I wanted to, or like the sound bar wasn't turning on. I was like, Oh, maybe I do want the new remote. So I found one on eBay and it was like 190 bucks. I'm like, okay, that's below, like that's, that's kind of below the price where I'm willing to entertain this idea. And I bought it and it, it came and it was refurbished and I could totally tell. And like the serial number was like sharpied over and it was like, it was a super sketchy affair. Hmm. So I, so I returned it and then I went and bought another one. So that's why this was actually a, a two week type setup. And that's why we didn't talk about this last week. I got another one, and this one actually ended up being 180, but this one actually was new, which is great. Um, but this one was way harder to set up. Like the first one, I was actually kind of like uh, the purchase was reaffirmed because I was like, okay, like the app is actually fairly easy to use, and this was pretty flawless. And then when I got the one that actually was new, um, even though I had unlinked the other one from my account, like it, the setup process, like what, like the remote and the hub thing just wouldn't talk to each other. The first time you set up the Harmony app on iOS, because it really wants you to set it up on not on your computer, it just would would not work. And it spent like spent like 40 minutes just trying every incantation and resetting it to get it to work. And I finally did, but it, it was a huge pain in the ass. Um but yeah, I, I have it set up now and it's mostly okay. Um it is an improvement over the old remote, but um some parts of it are super annoying. The um, echo integration is really bad and unreliable. And I've sent you two screenshots of like this bizarre way you're supposed to integrate it into the like Alexa skills and stuff. And it's really not good. 
and like it pollutes your echo with like 25 different scenes where like cnbc is now a scene alongside my hue lights like it makes absolutely no sense and like i just can't imagine anybody any normal person wanting to put up with this like the setup of this is just such garbage so okay so a lot of thoughts there so it's been a little while since I've gone through this initial setup, but from what I remember it being, the actual setup of the hub and the remote, for me, went really, really well. So that's a bummer that it didn't go as well for you. And it did the first time, but it, yeah. Weird. Right. Um, I do remember being a little put off by the fact that you basically exclusively set it up through the iOS app because, you know, us nerds are, I think, kind of programmed to... Whenever there's like a computer or a smartphone option, we go for the computer option. But I I ended up being really impressed with the way that the iOS setup went. And I so I had no trouble with that. It was quick, it was intuitive, which is definitely not something you could say about the Harmony software on computers for many, many years. Like the the iOS app is so much better than the like doesn't Harmony on the mac or at least it used to doesn't it didn't it used to use um it used to need Silverlight. Silverlight, yeah no the problem with the harmony house software is still like i've got a 27 inch imac that's like 51 20 by something else no matter what when you open it up it takes the entire screen <laughs> and like the text is like 72 type font it's the worst yeah um but yeah i i think the ios app is is really good and the way that you go about setting up scenes and activities and everything again, I, I think is, is excellently done in the iOS app. So, you know, my experience there was was very different than yours, at least with the second remote. Where I, where I do agree with you, though, is the integration with Alexa, like with every other, sorry, Lady in a Can integration, it just is bad. I mean, the, the Lady in a Can integration is, is it's, it's just, it's just Comically bad. bad. Um, it's completely unintuitive, both in its initial setup and with what you're left with when you're done, which you called out as basically having a bunch of scenes like for every channel that you have saved. I mean, the, the thing that I'll say in defense of that is, you know, you go through that painful process, which I, I kind of vaguely remember going through as well. And then you, you know, once it's set, it's this isn't really something that you tweak a whole bunch. So, um, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've looked at that and it's, you know, yeah. It, I, I don't really think about how bad that was anymore. Um, it is kind of a shame, though, because it doesn't have to be that way. Like, for example, the way that the Sono system integrates with the lady in a can, you you do that exclusively through the Sonos app. You don't ever go into the lady in a can integration. And I guess it's, it's a little different because there aren't really any like specific Sonos skills which I guess if there were, maybe you would have to go into the uh, Amazon Lady in a Can app. Um, but with, yeah, with, with Harmony, you end up having to spend quite a bit of time there. And that's, it's just not a, not a good app and not a good experience. <clears throat> well, and the, the thing with, like, it's, it's mostly, well, okay, so let me, let me talk about the positive actually real quick. For the most part, saying, uh, Amazon wake word, uh, turn on the TV. Like for me, that hit rate is like 
let's, let's be generous. It's 50%. Sometimes it'll, and it's the weirdest thing where I'll say that it lights up and it just go, it goes to sleep. Like it totally thought it was just background noise. And then sometimes it'll wait two seconds and then be like, okay. And then it'll start sending the IR signal. So I don't understand why it sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Also telling it to turn off the TV works way less frequently than turning on the TV. And that's, and that's weird because that was one of the things that you sold me on was that like, you know, you're not going to like say a whole bunch of stuff with the voice. Like I think when we talked about the, um, the echo TV cube, I think is what it's called. And we were talking about like, Oh, like is, would you get like voice fatigue or like this, this would be a really unintuitive way to control a TV. And you were like, Oh, I, I, and I like the way the harmony hubs works because you're only ever saying like, turn on the Apple TV or turn off the TV. Like everything else you're going to use the remote for, which I think is fair, but like the hit rate on it is, is fairly low for me. It is nice to like wake up and want to turn on the news and just say, Hey, turn on the TV. And it just, it just works. So some, so half the time that happens, but the weird thing is that, um, like, what would you do if like, because part of the harmony setup is that you say what your favorite channels are. And that's how that filters into um, like echo skills or whatever. Like what happens if like I, I, there's a new channel Do I have to do the whole setup again. Like, have you ever changed your favorites? It's been a really long time. I think I did at one point after the initial setup, but even that's been like over a year ago. So I don't, I don't really remember. Um, but the, the, the hit rate thing that's again where my experience is is very different i i find that skill to be really reliable and like the only time it really doesn't work is when the lady in a can just doesn't hear me which i mean that that sometimes happens just with any kind of command so there's there's been nothing specific to the harmony skill that that hasn't worked like i i would say for me it works like over over 95 percent of the time so maybe it's that because that's the thing when I was setting up the harmony skill, which is like I, like I even to boost my my potential success rate, I like I I put in as a friendly name TV, television, DVR, and TiVo, and I've tried it different ways to see, and I think I do have the most success with turn on the TV, but sometimes it just it yeah it it listens and then just does nothing. Hmm. Like uh, so I don't know. I'll keep working with it, but it. It is nice when it works, and also what has gotten way better compared to the Harmony One uh, from like eight years ago is that like I like that you can say turn on the TV, and then when you pick up the remote, it understands that that skill was already launched, mm-hmm. and then once you hit it, like it's not going to go try to turn everything on again. And I in the it has gotten way better at understanding the power state of different devices. So that if I'm currently watching, like if I if I turn on the activity just called TiVo, and it turns on the soundbar, turns on the TV, and then sets the right HDMI input, and I tap Apple TV, it knows that the TV was already on, and it just switches the input. Mm-hmm. Right. Where on the old Harmony, it was not that way, and that's to the point where I usually I would even just only have one activity because I'm like fuck it, I'll just do it myself because like the, I don't want there to be this 10 second thing where I have to end an activity and wait for all that crap to turn back on. Whereas it's way better with that now. Yeah, so the, the the remote you had before, you didn't have the hub, right? No, it was just... And also, that's the other part about this, where since it's RF now, and I have the Harmony hub like mounted inside 
but underneath like my bookshelf like it's totally out of the way and the like ir direction is always perfect where like before i had to make sure that the remote was absolutely pointed perfectly at the tv otherwise it would miss commands and like it would only turn on half things totally yeah the, the hub makes hiding your electronics super easy and it's also great for exactly what you said which is it's it's really a smart device where it will not only send commands but then it stores you know what those latest commands were so that if you use the lady in a can to turn on the tv you can then use the remote to maybe switch to a different activity. And then even if you then want to switch over to the iOS app on your iPhone or iPad, that same knowledge carries over there where you could then end an activity that's already been turned on via some other method, either lady in a can or the remote or whatever. It's, it's really good. Yeah. A couple other quick things. Um, it has no numeric buttons. And I don't find that to be a problem at all. Actually, I think it's actually fairly smart that they took those off because it's having that as like a, even though like the tactile feedback of you having it on the touchscreen is not great when you have favorite channels and the fact that you generally only interface with stuff through the guide anyway, it's kind of a non-issue. Right. So that's kind of neat. Um, I like the fact that it has the vertical dock like that, like now that it lives on the stump next to the echo, like I find I, I enjoy that very much versus like that long, um, dock that it had before um and the other thing i will say that's nice about it is the um the uh what's the section at the bottom called like the home controls uh sure yeah oh well actually this is this is probably less well actually we'll get into it for you but this is probably less useful for you now or maybe or does casita or whatever you're using does that integrate into it uh well we'll We'll get into that in a minute. Okay. So I like this. So I'm still, I'm on the Hue light bandwagon and everything but my kitchen lights just because like the, the ceiling fixtures, it just, there are no compatible Hue lights for it. I like that, like there's four buttons. There, there's two light bulb buttons and two power outlet buttons, but I just have those assigned to either like a bright living room or I'm watching a movie or TV. So have like all the lights dimmed or almost off and the two bedroom ones. And it's just, it's nice to not even have to, even though like, the hue tap switch or dimmer switch that you recommended, which is great. It's nice to just have that on like you're sitting on the couch and you don't have to worry about it. And even though I don't like using the hue native app, having the scenes in there, like it, it it's a pretty good improvement overall. And, and I, and I like it. So the remote, like there's a lot of it that's really bad, but some of it's an improvement. But the thing that bums me out is that, this is never like when I think about the fact that like I'm a techie ish person and I hung on to my last one for eight years. Like this is not like a electronic device that has a high replacement cycle. And it's also probably fairly niche. So I guess this is the best I can hope for because like Apple, like nobody's going to make one of these. And I, I like the fact that harmony and Logitech continue to make this, I guess is my best hope. And I should be happy that it's as okay as it is. Like it's it's the okayest remote out there. It's it's a lot like how TiVo is just kind of the okayest DVR out there. Ah, eh, but TiVo's not even okayest anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is a shame with the Harmony stuff because, despite the fact that I think they have dramatically improved the setup process, you know, comparing the iOS app to the Mac app. It, it, it's night and day, but like you've pointed out, you know, the lady in a can stuff still needs a lot of work. 
um, it's it's just a shame that the setup process is as bad as it is because I, once you get it set up, I think it is pretty intuitive and does work really well. Like the the special lady friend really likes the harmony. She was kind of resistant to getting it initially, um, just you know out of fear that it would be complicated to use. But you know, once I got it set up and got it configured with the voice commands and stuff, she she ended up really liking it because it is so easy to use and intuitive. But it's it's just it's just that initial setup process that would make it impossible to recommend to most people. Let me know what happens when you guys have two TVs in the house. Because that's oh, probably... So, the... so, yeah. So, no, we had that in the, the apartment. And we'll we'll migrate towards that here. Um, it, it breaks down there. Because especially when you try to figure out the lady in a can stuff, you now have to go down the route of having the TVs named separately. So that yeah. every time you turn on or off the TV, you have to specify, okay, turn off the family room TV versus like the bedroom TV. So when, when we had the second TV set up at the apartment and we'll probably end up doing the same thing here in the house is the TV that we used less frequently. We just had with a regular IR remote and, and didn't, <laughs> didn't integrate it with the harmony stuff at all. Yeah. So wait, did you have to buy a second hub? Well, no, I said we, we did not integrate it with the Harmony stuff. But if you wanted to, you would have had to. You couldn't, like, you can't use a Harmony hub across rooms. I mean, not unless you happen to have line of sight IR, I guess. Oh, that makes sense. Because, yeah, the remote actually doesn't do anything at this point. Got it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the you know, the, the hub is basically just a Wi-Fi device that has a big, R, you know, IR transmitter in it. Got it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So what I want to pivot to is, is that, yeah, you had mentioned that you were, um, and we've talked about this in, in person a little bit, but like you, you, because of your house's wiring were not able to, or hue lights didn't seem like the most prudent option anymore. And, and you have like the Jason Snell switches or something. Right. So when we moved into the house, you know, we had bought a handful of the Philips Hue lights for our apartment. And that worked really well because we just had, you know, regular overhead lighting. There really weren't that many lights in the, it was, you know, small apartment. So the investment to get all up and running with Philips Hue was not that bad. Um, but, you know, here in the house, we've got a bigger space and more importantly than that, we have recessed lighting throughout the entire house. And the, you know, type of bulb from Philips Hue that is compatible with, with recessed lights can recessed lights cans, gosh, that's hard to say, um, is are more expensive. 50 bucks, you know. Yeah. So if, you know, going down the route of setting up the entire house with Philips Hue was going to be, you know, quite a bit of a larger investment. And that also, you know, at the time that I was kind of going through this thought process, you know, I was never super in love with like the Philips Hue app and, um, you know, hadn't seen a ton of improvement with it over time or anything. So, you know, I went, started going down the route of these Lutron Casita smart switches. And, you know, on paper, it seemed like it was the right way to go. It, would, it was going to be a much cheaper way to go. You know, we could keep all the existing lighting and everything. Um, but there's just, there's been a number of problems I've, I've run into. Um, I think some of which are unique to me, some of which are just generic problems with the switches. 
So, you know, first and foremost, a problem that's definitely specific to me is we're, you know, we're in an older house and the, the wiring's a little bit older. And so I was able to get it, get one set up in our bedroom. Okay. But then in almost every other place I wanted to put one in the house, the wiring was just kind of weird. And, you know, electricity is just not one of those things that you want to guess with. So, you know, I, I didn't really feel comfortable moving forward and, you know, would, would then basically have to hire a professional electrician to come out and install them, which would then, of course, wipe away, wipe away a lot of the, you know, cost benefit of going the switch route. Um, but then, you know, some other issues that I ran into, which are not specific to me, one of which is we wanted to replace our incandescent light bulbs with LED bulbs and trying to identify LED bulbs that are compatible with these switches that don't result in the bulbs like buzzing or flickering ended up being kind of impossible. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, and then the other big thing is just the, the Lutron app is just, it's just really bad. It actually visually and like, um, just use wise reminds me a lot of that old harmony app that we were talking about. Um, and has, I think it's been updated maybe once since I've installed it, you know, four or five months ago. Um, and in the meantime, Phillips completely rewrote yeah. the Hue app, making it really, really nice looking and really sharp. And of course they've, you know, continued to embrace their friends of Hue ecosystem. So there's all kinds of great third party apps as well. Um, so I just in the last couple of weeks kind of, you know, was getting ready to just bite the bullet and like have a professional electrician come out and start installing more of these switches. Um, but in addition to revamping their software, Philips has also come out with a ton of new lights and accessories and things. Um, you know, they've announced some new switches that are going to be compatible with Hue. They've come out with a bunch of outdoor lights. And so I've thought like, man, it would be really, really great just to maybe, you know, spend a little bit more money up front, but be in an ecosystem that I'll be really happy with. Because another big thing with the, the Hue lights is they're just, they're really, really good lights. They put mm -hmm. off a really nice light. So I, th I think what I'm going to do is um, buy just, a, you know, a few lights and, and put them in one room and kind of see, see how that works. See if I can get the, the lady friend to kind of sign off on that um, and then kind of go, go from there. Because, um, mm -hmm. again, the, the big thing, too, that I, you know, didn't love about our setup in the apartment was we had it where, you know, we would just leave the regular switches permanently on and then we would stick one of those dimmer switches next to it on the wall, which mm -hmm. is, you know, not the greatest look in the world. Um, but again, Philips is, is rolling out a third party integration with a bunch of different smart switches. So that's a, another problem that's going to be solved here in the near term future. Um, so yeah, you know, long story short, I, I think I'm going to kind of ditch the idea of going with smart switches and just bite the bullet, make the investment in the Philips Hue stuff and, and go from there. Yay. I'm super excited for that. But we'll, but we'll see. I mean, it is, you know, <laughs> I have, I need to price it out, but it it's, it's not going to be cheap to do if we want to do it through the whole house. Well, so 
in your living areas, like like dining room, family room, kitchen, like how many, excluding the bedrooms, how many recessed lighting fixtures would you need BR30 bulbs for? Um, well, I mean, it's, there are 10 alone in the family room. Jeez. And then, <sighs> you know, I think it's six or eight in the living room. It's four, five in the bedroom. I mean, it, 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 it's a lot. So okay um you know it's you know you can get so you can get two packs of these bulbs now for 50 bucks if you get the the non-color ones mm -hmm. so, so there's the so there's there's three levels of hue there's the white there's the white ambiance and there's the white ambiance with color and the the br30 bulbs the recessed light bulbs they they come in the white ambiance in addition to coming in a color version so, you know, we're not going to go down the the color route. I think the the white ambiance will be. I mean, we just had white bulbs in our apartment, and we really liked those. So, the ambiance bulbs will just be a upgrade from that. Uh huh. Cool. What's well, funny? <laughs> uh, use the term ambiance about nine times in thirty seconds. Uh huh. Was that was that impressive? It's pretty good. Okay. So yeah, so that okay, so that, that's cool. That's so yeah, it's so twenty-two divided by two eleven times fifty yeah, it's yeah, I mean I, yeah, you could be worse off. I mean one electrician visits probably like if you were to have somebody there doing that for three hours, like I mean five fifty on bulbs or two fifty on labor and having well, that's, them more flexible. That's yeah, I mean that's I think um you know, I, I, I am gonna, you know, because I'm this is how this is how I do things, I am gonna put it all kind of in a spreadsheet. <laughs> um in numbers and i think right um and I, I think you know it, it will end up costing more but i don't think it'll be astronomically more and i think it's just it's going to end up being a lot nicer yeah because the the hue ecosystem is it's really good the the first party app like we said has gotten a ton better they really really as you would say have leaned into the friends of hue partnership both on the software and the hardware side so it's it just it just seems like the way to go. Yeah. Um so on that note, Hugh or Phillips has um introduced or announced um quite a few other products related to this. So they have um so like cause they've always had those Hue light strips and they now have an outdoor version of that. They have um some ceiling mounted lights that you can get and some pendant lights that you can hang from the ceiling. Um they have a new smart like vanity mirror that's connected to hue like they're they're really expanding the um the amount of stuff that you can, you can connect to the to the internet and have your internet light bulbs <laughs> so that's pretty cool um yeah, like yeah the ecosystem just feels way more solid um so yeah so this this looks good yeah the the outdoor lights are incredibly cool the the light strips are super neat Mm -hmm. um they are horrifically expensive <laughs> mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and probably not something we're going to invest in while we have a puppy um so the <laughs> you, you could you could light up his little uh like <laughs> golfing green or whatever <laughs> what, 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 yeah what the, the, yeah. the porch potty yeah mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i think <laughs> you could get full never mind sorry <laughs> that's something that i i would like to think about in the longer term but the the, mm -hmm. the indoor lights are definitely the the bigger thing yeah no that's super cool 
Um, so do you have any other uh, Hue stuff or lighting stuff? Not yet. We've, you know, been a little slow with the um, with the smart home stuff, just kind of trying to get the basics set up first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also, you know, being in the state where we are going to be doing some remodeling and moving things around, so we don't want to make anything too permanent. Um, sure. So, but I, I, I think this, this Hue thing is something that I'll, I'll tackle here in the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, so before we get off the smart home stuff, I want to eventually talk about the, the, uh, the Bose soundbar with Alexa thing. Uh, but do you have anything else? Smart home wise? Um, it's some other things that I are kind of near the top of the list is I really do want to get a like outdoor camera. I think that would be really nice to have. Um, also, a, a smart doorbell, I think would be kind of nice also with a, with a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did those, you see those... the Yasiel Puig thing? No. Uh, so apparently his, his, uh, house has been robbed multiple times while he's pl- playing Dodgers games. And apparently he, uh, was able to yell at a, a suspected burglar, uh, through his ring video doorbell. Huh. So it's kind of a feel good story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any allegiance to like a ring versus um, like do you have any do you have any feelings on Nest like because you have the thermostat does that make you more likely to get Nest cameras or the Nest Hello doorbell potentially yeah um, which reminds me another thing that we we've been thinking about is the kind of going down the smart smoke detector route um, and yeah I, I think. Things like having the Nest thermostat can influence that decision, and then with the the doorbell, the, like August makes a a smart doorbell. So there's there's some thought of having that, you know, just being simply integrated with the lock that might make a lot of sense. Um, so not you know not f- the, the allegiance isn't super firm, but like where it makes the overall experience better, all all other things being equal, then yeah, that's a big selling point. Um, and I guess maybe the last thing I have on the smart home thing is continue to be really happy with the Xfinity home home security system. You know, it 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 it's lacking some of the automation stuff that you know, like a Simply Safe has, like for example, where you know it doesn't have any kind of IFTTT um, integration or anything. But for what it is and for how cheap it was, it's it's pretty good. Like they're. Their iOS app in particular is is excellent and is you know gets updated a bunch has gotten a lot better since you know I first gotten it so again particularly for the price I've been been really happy with that yeah that's 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 surprising but good um and I don't think we covered it last week but yeah so um you'd mentioned that you've been fairly happy with your Sonos beam thing um a soundbar uh but Bose, who makes the SoundTouch uh, soundbar, announced that shipping in, I think, September or October, they are making new versions of uh, both of their soundbars, and they will have Amazon Echo voice service integration, which is pretty cool and also like really surprising, just like how much stuff has come out in the past year that has um, the Alexa platform built into it. Um, so I'm excited about it. I've talked myself out of getting one and I have instead just upgraded the, uh, the echo that lives in my living room, uh, on the stump to just be a, a second gen echo. So not the echo plus, 
but like the new miniaturized, not quite Echo Dot sized, but like the middle one. Yeah, which, I think. Which, no, go ahead. Oh, and it just it matches my couch, so that makes me happy, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, I, th- I think for me, the only reason the beam made sense was we were still using our TV speakers. Mm-hmm. So, like, had we had an existing soundbar and just wanted the lady in a can integration, upgrading, I don't think would have made sense. But because yeah. we needed a soundbar to begin with, you know, that's 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 why it was a good fit for us. Yeah. Um. So I think that is it uh, for the smart home stuff. Yeah. So we'll I'll keep uh, talking about I'll keep working with the harmony stuff and keep working out the kinks. But actually, I think the more I talked about it, I think I'm uh, I, I give it a, a C plus. It's it's too bad. It, it continues to be one of my not only favorite smart home gadgets, but favorite favorite gadgets overall. Yeah. Oh, the one last thing I will say about it is that. Um, using the Apple TV over IR is not as bad as I feared it would be. There's still a lot of lag to it, but it's nice to not have to switch remotes when you're using the Apple TV. Yeah, I I do end up still using just the uh, Apple TV remote app on my iPhone quite a bit. but, But yeah, the integration with Harmony is not bad. Yeah, whenever I get frustrated with it, or I need a keyboard, or I need I need really fast, precise control over the scrubber, um, I'll usually just use the Control Center widget on my iPhone. But whenever I'm just selecting something from Netflix or HBO Now, um, yeah, the IR thing is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about. Let's see how this goes. Let's let's promote the Apple stuff. Let's 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 talk about um, iPhone X's Max. <laughs> so yeah, since we've last talked, basically everything's leaked. So I think the day after we did last week's show, nine to five Mac had somehow <laughs> obtained photos of the the new OLED screened iPhones and the new Apple Watch. Um, which is, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I, I think I made this comment to you offline earlier today. You know, we, we've kind of come to expect the supply chain stuff to leak. We haven't really expected this more marketing type stuff to leak. Um, because not only were those, there were those leaks last week, but then that was followed up again by nine to five Mac today which claims that they have now just found that the OLED screen iPhones will be called the iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Max. Um, which again, just you don't expect names to leak out ahead of time. So maybe it's maybe it's a plant, like because the names are just so bad that that it's just throw people off the scent. Maybe. Um, but in any Those case, the names. It, probably like it, it just sort of like, yeah, I, I just finished listening to the, the, um, upgrade draft, which I, yeah, I generally enjoy, but like they were really pulling at straws, pretending like there were still question marks about what we're going to find out at this event next week. Like, it seems like we kind of know. And we haven't, we haven't, we haven't heard anything about the iPads. I mean, that's at least something. Yeah, but I, 
to me, I, I would be really surprised if the new iPads aren't at this event. The, the Macs, I, 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 could see, I could see the Macs coming out a month later via a press release or, or more actually probably more likely like press briefings. Um, but I would be really surprised if the iPad weren't at this event next week. I, I, I think they will be. Hmm. Yeah. So the leaks are kind of embarrassing. Um, uh, I think his name is Guillermo Rambo. Like it's a pretty cool name. Um, he found them on uh, like some video test website for the keynote event. And he was able to find marketing materials and a preloaded video for that. So that's why the images were a little weird where they were from a motion video. So like, that's why one of them looks like it has like a bulging battery. That one, that was, that was a little strange, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like for Apple who keeps like saying they're doubling down on secrecy and they're doing weird, um, like all hands meetings where they're like talking about their corporate security team and they're threatening their employees. Um, maybe they shouldn't be putting stuff out on the public internet, um, with this stuff, like maybe just a suggestion. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not a, not, it's not a good look. Yeah. Um the names though. Like because if if they're going to stylize it even if they do like remember the iPhone 5S had like the S was inside of like a little square. Mhm. Like even if they do that I don't see a world where people aren't going to call this like the the iPhone XS. Which sounds silly and is not like even though Apple like tried to play dumb and pretend that everybody wasn't going to call it the iPhone X. Everybody does. And this is going to be even worse. And like, it just sound it doesn't sound Apple like iPhone XS Max. Like, I, it it kind of feels like it is the name that they would choose, but that's that sounds horrible. Yeah, but Apple's Apple's names for a long time have not been very good. Mm, iPhone 6S, even iPhone 6S Plus, which doesn't roll off the tongue. Like Max, like one, you know that Google's used that. Like that's a currently shipping product. Like Pepsi Max, like I mean, like really, I know that sounds like glib to say about an electronics product, but you have to think what else uses this name. And there's not a lot of stuff. Like there's the Ford C Max, which is a really ugly bulbous car. There's Pepsi Max, which I think is a sugar-free beverage, and then there's a gigantic Google speaker. Like, why would you call your flagship, top of the line, highest ASP driving phone that? I guess, I mean, I guess, I don't know. My point is it's not a good name, but Apple hasn't had good names for their products in a while. So this kind of just continues that. Yeah, but like, but yeah, I don't know. Like they, they, they have this illusion that iPhone is the master, like, or that iPhone, that Apple collectively are the masters of branding. And like, this just seems like really, really Bush League. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so pretty much everything, uh, everything leaked. So I think I'm going to sit out uh iPhone upgrade this year. I know you're on the iPhone upgrade plan, so you just you you, it, you, you kind you, of have to. You literally say this every year. No, but this year I almost thought I did it and I would have if my iPhone 7 hadn't heard that and decided I'm going to make <laughs> one third of all your photos blurry cuz your camera's broken. Like I hell, I waited until April to get my iPhone 8. And the thing is I'm totally satisfied with my iPhone 8. It's red. It's nice, and I like it. And I really hate Face ID, so therefore, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a new phone that doesn't have Face ID. If they, if if the rumor is that the iPhone 10, like if they're like, this has this um, 
dramatically improved second gen face ID sensor, maybe we'll talk. But um, barring that, I, I don't see that in the, being in the cards. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was on record saying this last year, like one of the obvious things they're going to do with this phone, which is the same thing they did with Touch ID, is I mean, Touch ID was definitely better out of the gate than Face ID was. But when you looked at Touch ID, the, the second version of Touch ID, it was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I ever used that first version. I think Face ID is going to be the same way. When when the the second generation Face ID stuff comes out, it's it's going to be night and day better than what we have today. Yes, but didn't so Touch ID re- was released with the iPhone 5s. Didn't second gen Touch ID not come until the 6s or the 7? I thought it I thought it was like the next phone. Mm-mm. Hmm. No, so that's the thing where I don't like I mean I hope and I assume the fact that they're going to put the i the face ID in upcoming iPads means they've probably hopefully worked on it a lot. But I mean having something that's substantially better after just a year um like I don't know, I'm skeptical. I hope so just cuz like face ID like it with its current implementation I found mostly unusable or just there were too many instances where I was forced to enter in like a, a strong alphanumeric password which wasn't great. So, yeah, but the what I was going to bring up is what do you think of the Series 4 watch? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm very much excited about it. Um, I continue to use the heck out of my Apple Watch. The idea of having a bigger screen, I think, is is pretty interesting. Um, I'm always looking for the Apple Watch to get faster. And there's there's been pretty noticeable speed increases year year over year. So I'm 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 pretty excited about it. Probably just about as excited about the watch as I am the phone. Yeah, it it, it looks pretty slick. Um, and I I know it might be holding them back a little bit, but I do appreciate that they're keeping band compatibility. Yeah, I I think yeah I I think they that's what they should be doing. I don't really know how much it holds them back. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will ask, though, is how often would you say on any of your Apple Watches over the past like three or four years, do you actually use the digital crown? Not a ton. Yeah. Yeah, not not a ton. Yeah. When when they first released it, they, they, they leaned super hard into that as being like this revolutionary way to interact with... Um, uh, menus and stuff on the watch and, and for the most part other than just clicking it to get to a different application it's yeah it's been kind of not that way i just you know, i just don't interact with my watch a ton it's it's a win it's a window into my phone mm-hmm. um, all right put that in text maybe for the show titles <laughs> um, oh, all right so let's okay so let, let's let's kind of let's let's get totally um to use the phrase again let, let's get totally on record here so uh, I'm oh so not an anonymous op-ed no not an anonymous op-ed um, so I um, I'm saying that we're going to see new Apple Watch we're going to see new iPads so that's going to be the kind of two different sizes of the iPad Pro and I think we're going to see the rumored three new iPhones the two OLED phones and the one new LCD phone, which is kind of the the less expensive version of the iPhone 10 that we know today. Um, and I will be happily purchasing the larger OLED phone. 
No. I miss having I miss having a no. bigger phone. I've I've never quite gotten used to the the screen size of the 10 compared to the plus size phone that I had before. So I'm I'm looking forward to going back. Oh, say it ain't so. Uh, plus club or actually ooh it's gonna the, the max it's gonna be, it's, gonna be <laughs> it's like the say by the bell it's yeah you can hang out at the max mm-hmm. um so yeah another thing named max so what do you um, what do you think we'll see i i th- i don't care but i think <laughs> i think it's gonna be because i'm bummed because there's, there's nothing for me to buy or there's nothing from that that's gonna be a logical upgrade for me but yeah i think you're uh, it's, it's it i mean it's already been announced like it, there's gonna be two new oled iphones there's gonna be some weird funky iPhone that I don't understand who's going to buy that is somehow in the middle of those two sizes, but is somehow cheaper. That sounds like it won't be named the iPhone nine. I don't know what the hell they're going to call it, but German doesn't think it's called the iPhone nine. Um, so they're going to release all three of those things. Um, I think they are probably God, they Apple watch. Definitely. I mean, obviously because of what nine to five Mac said, I think iPads are still a toss up. I think, like there would have been leaks by now if the iPad was going to ship within the next month, don't you think? Like you're you're the, you're the guy that like you, they, all all you talk about is supply chain rumors. Well, well, but I I think there's a couple of things. One is, I mean, the iPads have leaked in all but images. I mean, Germans reported basically every little detail of the new iPads again, except for for photos. Has he? Oh yeah, we we know everything about these new iPads. We know the dimensions. We know are they are they going to make a new thirteen inch? Did he talk about that? Yeah, so it's a new it, it, the the ten and a half is basically going to become eleven because of the the bezel-less screen, and then it sounds like with the twelve point nine, instead of kind of bringing the screen out to the edges, they're going to bring the edges into the screen, so it'll it'll remain twelve point nine. So it'd be like eleven and twelve point nine. Uh, so yeah, we know everything about those. Um, in terms of you know not seeing any pictures or not getting those types of leaks, I, I could very much see it where the iPhones ship you know one to two weeks after the event, and then maybe the iPads don't ship for like four to six weeks until after the event. Well, then what's the advantage then? Because it, it like it sounds like there are fairly reliable rumors that there's going to be new new Max. And I know Apple doesn't care about Macs. The public doesn't care about Macs. Nobody cares. Like, what's a computer? But like, so I I, I agree with you and Jason that that these are totally products that could be released with with press briefings or hell even a press release. But like, uh, well, I think with I, so, I, so with the iPad, the you know the rumor the rumors are that this is going to be a pretty big upgrade in terms of form factor. Going from Touch ID to Face ID, so I think I think because of that, Apple's going to want to announce these things at an event where they've got the most eyeballs, and there's no bigger event they do than the the iPhone announcement. This is this is the same strategy as the iPad Pro. It was I think it was first announced at an iPhone event because it was you know it was a big leap forward in that product line. So I, I think they they have the same thought here. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say iPad's not not announced. Okay. I'm going to say it's just iPhones. It's going to be Apple Watch and um and and, and Drake's going to show up. Cuz I think the flip side of it is there's just not there's not enough there with just the watch and the phone. Cuz this isn't a I mean it is a, you know, it's an S year where it's it's just there's just not going to be 
quite as much to talk about. So I think this is totally the type of year where it would make sense to also have um, iPads. I think you could fill out an, an hour and a half presentation with three new iPhones, a fairly substantially redesigned watch, like a game demo or two, and iOS 12, in terms of demoable features, I think is fairly robust. So I can see an event. I can totally visualize an event without the iPad. I'm 50-50 on, on whether or not it is. Or actually, I'm going to say I'm 51-49 and 51 in favor of iPads not being there. But I have no strong conviction with that. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about the iPads being there. Yeah. Um. And then let me, let me ask. So, does what what continues to be for sale? Like, what do you think? And I know last last week you were resistant to talk about this, but like, what do you feel the narrative is around people who want a medium sized phone? Do you think Apple is just like, and the iPhone eight is still available, or how does that how does that break out? I think that's exactly how it breaks out. And I think one of the responses that I thought of after last last week's show that I wish I would have thought of in the moment, which is, and Jason's been harping on this a lot too. And I guess the, my response would be kind of like, we've gone through this a couple of times before. The The base iPhone screen has increased how many times since the original iPhone? Three? Mm-hmm. It It got bigger when we went to the four right it got bigger when we went to the five and then it got bigger when we went to the six so you know if if you've wanted to hold on to the original iphone screen size i mean that that would abandoned you years ago so I, i don't think apple's afraid to continue to make the base phone larger i I get that, but this means this is a first year with no current generation phone that's reasonably sized. Or, well, actually, no, I'm gonna sorry. Let me, let me clarify that. I think the, I think the iPhone X is still. I think the iPhone X is reasonably sized, but the first year there's not a phone that's reasonably priced that's reasonably sized. I guess is my chief complaint. I think a thousand dollars because you don't think the iPhone X is going to be even like the iPhone XS. It's not going to be. They're not going to keep the iPhone X around. And the iPhone 10, I, I I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think it's going to be less than the current selling price of the iPhone 10. Oh, but I think the iPhone 9. But it's too big. What I'm saying is like how like it, it you can't buy a reasonably sized phone that's current without spending a thousand bucks. Like I know Apple doesn't really like its customers that much, but like that's a that's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't I, mm. like a, a, a grand to get a phone that's not gigantic. I don't know, man. I, I, I know your personal preferences are towards smaller phones, but like a lot of people like these bigger phones. A lot of people still buy the eights and and like that that medium sized phone, and it's just like and I and I get the strategy of, and again, I like I paid for this show to just sound like it's an upgrade, like follow up, like commentary on upgrade, but like they are right that like the plus sells in very healthy quantities. And like having a phone that looks like the 10, but it's just, she has cost savings in different ways. Like that makes sense. But a thousand dollars being the cheapest phone you can get that's medium or hell, even if you want to now call it small, 
Like, that's kind of weird. Like, that just feels like something's missing. Maybe that's the maybe that's the one thing that hasn't leaked. Is there, there's a reasonably sized phone? No way. I will, I will eat my hat if there's a phone at this event that hasn't leaked. I mean, I feel I feel confident in saying that there's never going to be a, a new Apple product again that that doesn't leak. But that's especially true for the phone. There's just, there's just there's too many eyeballs looking for leaks of the phone for that to to never happen. Do you think a thousand dollars is a little or a lot of money? It's a ton of money. But phone, I mean, but phones have always been expensive. Uh, if you, if you do the math on inflation, the what uh, iPhones used to be like the starting price of the top of the line iPhone used to always be six fifty. It crept up really fast. It it has, but I mean, in addition to phones just generally being expensive, Apple products in particular have notoriously been expensive. I mean, Apple's never. Yeah, but 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 Apple's now play. Like, you can't say that. Oh yeah, Macs have always been more expensive than PCs or the like. I mean, iPods weren't really that much more expensive than a comparable Creative Nomad. I mean, I I don't know. Like. They they for something they sell fifty million of a quarter. I mean, eh. but consider this. I mean, they continue to sell more iPhones than they ever have before at a higher average selling price, which results in record breaking revenues quarter after quarter. So if that trend continues, why wouldn't they continue to bump up the price? Like I, I'm not hating on them. Like I, I think taking people's money through the iPhone x uh xs max like i get that like if you want to make the ultimate premium phone for people who want a like a samsung note sized phone that is the best of the best like i get that but not having a phone that you would say is new that fits in like i mean i, I like call me weird but i always thought that 700 dollars for a phone was kind of high end yeah like i mean like it feels weird for that price point to be vacant well, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I guess the price, the pricing is still a little TBD, but Apple doesn't go down in price. Well, yeah, and I and I just don't. I don't think Apple's concerned about price, and I don't think they're concerned about screen size. I think history, especially in more recent years from the iPhone, has shown that Apple's, you know, as you would say, courageous to <laughs> to continue to bump up the <laughs> continue to gouge yeah uh-huh and to continue to make the phones larger like that's just that's just what they've done and their financial results prove that there's an appetite for that i can't wait for that trend to to, to change like there, there has to be a point where people think that's too much money and i know apple is the if if somebody's going to test the limits of the norms of 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 the status quo like i mean like Sure, but like it's it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, actually, the last thing. A any? Uh, will there be a uh, musical guest? <laughs> no, no, this isn't even a joke. Like, it, it, will there be one? Yes. Ooh. Was there one last year in the Steve Jobs Theater? There was, right? I don't think so but also last year's event was super jam-packed wasn't it hmm. yeah yeah it was i but... forget if i'm thinking of wwdc or 
the iPhone keynote because I know they had like because iOS. Um, sorry, last year was a big year for um, iPad related features. So I think the iPad took a more prominent space in that. Unless I'm totally misremembering it. No, I, I think I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Apple's uh, doubling down on secrecy has not worked. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was quite a thing. All right, so let's let's push. Uh, Luckily, now that we're reorganizing things, we will push all these app discussions onto the back burner. Okay. And we are going to talk about one hell of an episode, two episodes, but also just mainly last week, or sorry, this week, one hell of an episode of Breaking Bad. It's a a Better Call Saul. Yes. You can edit that to me. Well, no, so it's it's funny you say that. Well, actually, exactly. It's funny you say that because, so I, I had quite the experience with this latest episode so so it opens with our first um scene in the you know over three plus years that this better call shawl better call saul show has been on (laughs) um we we have not had a scene yet which has taken place during the events of breaking bad we've gotten a couple of glimpses which have only come at the beginning of each season of the post breaking bad Saul Goodman but um have not gotten any scenes that have been concurrent with breaking bad which you and i both kind of thought that this show was going to be potentially a lot more of um and it was very jarring like it just it came out of nowhere it was a cold open it's the middle of the season. Like it, it was really, really cool how they did it. And my experience with the scene was so interesting because I, I instantly knew what it was and like where in the timeline it was because I, I very vividly remember the whole like vacuum cleaner shop mm-hmm. um, exit of Saul Goodman and Breaking Bad. And I, I actually thought that the scene that they, sh- they, they were showing was like an elongated scene of a scene that was actually in Breaking Bad. Like I had, I had thought that we saw Saul make the call in his office as he was cleaning it out. But it, it's just, it's to their credit that they kind of swept me into that because it, it, it captured the franticness of that last season of Breaking Bad. Uh, but that 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 episode or that scene rather was not in the show. Um, it, it actually it takes place in between two episodes of Breaking Bad, and I was so kind of just like sucked back into that that I actually ended up watching the episode um, that comes before that scene, which is the one that Hank dies hmm. in, which is oh. which is probably like the the one like one of the best episodes of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched like the, the first 15 minutes or so of the episode after, because that's where Saul and, and Walt kind of meet for the last time. And it's the, the thing that I was really struck by was we've become so used to, well, Jimmy or Saul being kind of the main character of this new series that going back and watching that, that bit of breaking bad kind of reminded you that Saul Goodman really was just kind of a side character. Because again, like you don't even see him make the call or clear out his office or anything. Like he just happens to show up at the vacuum cleaner store, and there's not really any other context for it. Like you kind of imply what happens, but like he doesn't get the same stage time that he does in this new show. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just I got totally 
sucked back into it and like now kind of want to rewatch all the Breaking Bad. No, so you, like like you're you're absolutely right. Like when when I saw that, I was like, man, like I totally remember it. And and I remember he had the little like the business card or something written down where he had right. the very specific phrasing he was supposed to give to the um the fixer or whoever the guy is who was giving him his um like his new passport or whatever whatever allowed him to kind of escape as as much as he could. And I remember when he because you had you had shared a an article with me from the Ringer or Rolling Stone or or someplace where they had like an episode recap where they connected the dots that I totally didn't where I actually remember from Breaking Bad because like that one scene where like it, it, shit's going down for Jimmy and everybody where like I remember like he oh yeah he he leaves and I remember he had his assistant there like just like the office was in shambles and they're um, shredding documents and just trying to like get out and like then he's just like throwing around rolls of money and he's looking for like briefcases and stuff like I totally remember that and that is one of the images that has stuck with me for quite like quite a long time from Breaking Bad and I totally didn't put together that um, like the super friendly chipper um, uh, assistant that uh or like le- uh, like either receptionist or legal assistant whatever whatever her title was um that jimmy and uh kim had last season at their shared office was the exact same uh person yeah i i totally did not connect those dots either so yes yeah, so like that 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 was really good and again that's the same fear i think both of us had when this show came out like we're like okay like this like this this show could go sideways or this this could this could go totally either way and we were both like heartened that it was um, like fairly independent, and there was a lot of good stuff going on. But I'm very pleased that it's taken this long to tr- to try to um, integrate or like overlap the two timelines into stuff that's recognizable by the um, by the audience. Because if it had just end up being like, oh, here's just like a, a, a like just a prequel to Breaking Bad, and we're going to reuse all the same characters and it's mostly just going to be like, how does this one character turn into this like uh, sketchy strip mall uh, for hire lawyer and that kind of stuff. But like we've actually gotten, cause are we on the third or fourth season right now? We're in the fourth now. Yeah. Like we've gotten incredibly distinct, worthwhile storylines out of a character that is only tangentially related to this really successful show. And the ways in which they've used the prior characters and like like backstory or forward story, whatever you want to call it, like has been very very judicious, and and it it serves a new storyline rather than just being a retelling of something else. Like all the times Gus Fring is in it is is uh, is like fantastic because I'm not thinking of Walter White, I'm thinking of like the actual story that's in front of us. Totally. So it's it's really, really good. Like, I definitely did not think that we were going to start seeing the excavation of the lab underneath the laundromat. Like, that was another really cool um, couple of scenes in this most recent episode. Yeah, and just in the same way that we got to see, I don't know if it was last week's episode or if it was episode three, um, but when we got to see Gail again. right. Like that's all coming together in an interesting way that that again is its own distinct thing. Mm-hmm. Although I don't in Breaking Bad there was no like the person who builds the laundry lab or whatever or the, like that that was never a thing in Breaking Bad, right? No, because the the lab had been running for some time before Walt got there. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm interested to know what the significance of that character ends up being. Because otherwise, like, they, I'm, I'm not, like, that's just not, like, a fool's error. Or there's just not, like, a job that Mike is supposed to do. I assume that ends up being more of a thing. Yeah, me me too. There's more there. Right. Yeah. Um, and then this, you know, this is not, not an original thought. This has been written about in a couple of different places I've seen. But the really big takeaway from this most recent episode and the way that they kind of suddenly introduced a, a Breaking Bad timeline scene into the mix was to really highlight that, you know... It's not like Jimmy all of a sudden kind of just like wakes up one day and is Saul Goodman, like much like Walt's transformation over time. It's it's very much an evolutionary thing. And they kind of ultimately become the person they've kind of always been. They just kind of, again, as you famously say, kind of lean into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the, like this most recent episode kind of bangs you over the head with that which is you know when we go back to you know jimmy's timeline like yeah he's not technically saul goodman yet but he's he's basically saul and everything but name and you know it, it's not like it's it's some overnight transformation it, it's 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 happening you know right in front of us and by showing us him in breaking bad again you, you it, that kind of you know you realize that that like oh yeah this is just the same guy yeah and the scene towards the end where he's talking to his like caseworker or whatever it was, and he says, I'm going to be a damn good lawyer and people are going to know about it, is really good. Yeah, that, that, last, that last minute or so of, of dialogue is, is excellent. And then his caseworker says, okay, so lawyer. Right. <laughs> very, very amusing. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, I, I, I guess I, I sort of mentioned this, but just that 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 flash forward scene like you remember the the final season of breaking bad was broken up into two halves mm-hmm. so going back and watching that you know kind of episode and a quarter like i did those last six episodes are just, or five or six episodes whatever it is like they're just so intense and so frenetic and that mm-hmm. the, the the flash forward scene really captures that yeah, I I distinctly remember that I forget where I posted this, but like on one of like you know how TiVo always shows you the episode description and you sometimes like don't want to read it for spoilers. On one of the five, I think it was like the like the third to last episode, the description of the show was just things heat up for Walt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing where like you yeah, you really had no idea what was going to happen in like after after um Hank. Yeah. Hank was killed off. Like you were just like, what is even going to happen? Like uh, Jesse was complete. Like you, you completely unpredictable force. And it was, oh man, yeah. the The only the only criticism, and this I was very starkly reminded of this when I was was watching the Breaking Bad episodes around the flash forward that we saw is they move a little quick. Like after Hank dies, this there's only there's only three more episodes or uh two more episodes after that and it they they kind of wrap up a lot in those two episodes because remember there's kind of there's there's the jump forward in time with walt in new hampshire um oh he's living he's living like he's doing like a ron swanson thing like he's living in 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 like those arcs yeah Yeah. so that 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 part that part was not the strongest um it's it's that it's really that build up to when Hank dies. That's 
that's some of the best the best TV you'll see. Unrelated to this discussion, when was the thing where remember the like the like it was insane with um with Skylar and the family and um like the whole Carol thing? Was that before or after this? Uh about what? The thing like where like I forget if it's either Skylar or Walt threatening the family and like there's just like that one insane scene in the middle of the episode. Well, there's there's a scene um there's a scene in the episode after Hank dies where Walt calls Skylar but he does he does so because he knows the cops are listening and he kind of sets it up so that you know the cops are going to think that it was all Walt and that Skylar didn't really have anything to do with it. Oh, uh, okay. So it might have been before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dang it. No. No. I don't. I don't have time to rewatch. Well, this, I think. I think this. But... I think the compromise I'm going to make to myself is I think I might just go back and just rewatch like that second half of that last season. I might. I might. Mm-hmm. Might because it's only like five, six episodes. That that's not too big of a commitment. Or maybe once Better Call Saul wraps up and you're there's a dearth of good TV. Maybe. Yeah. Um. But then the other thing I'll say is like as as much as I'm saying good about Breaking Bad, like. This was also a reminder that Better Call Saul totally holds its own. Like, it wasn't like I went back and watched Breaking Bad and was like, oh, man, this show is so much better. Like, Better Call Saul is, I think, equally as good of a show. And I, I'm I'm very, very confident that they're going to find a way to wrap it up in the same strong way that they wrapped up Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Is... Uh, is Better Call Saul nominated for Emmy, any Emmys? I think it's I think it's been nominated every year. I don't think it's won much, but I think it I think it's been nominated pretty consistently. Yeah, he's so not nominated for Best Drama Series. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, he he's he's not. They're not nominated for anything. Hmm, that's too bad. Um, so I guess maybe so, last yeah. question. I don't remember if we've talked about this on air. Um, or, you know, if I've, if I, if I've gotten you on record as we've been liking to say, <laughs> um, Bob Woodward. Yeah. Yeah. Does Walt show up in this show? No, not even in a series finale or anything. No. Okay. I think that's too cheap. And also, well, I mean, I know they can do stuff with makeup, but like, I, do, I just, I think that's too much time. Because he has to look younger than he does. At yeah, the start but you know what? Of... So that that's totally not a problem though. Because at the beginning of the episode that Hank dies, there's this really big flashback scene, mm-hmm. and they they with through makeup they totally make it look like season one. Yeah, because I, I remember there was a thing where they were showing uh, Walt when he was um, at like his job at Gray Matter. So like no, they they can definitely move move time for that. But yeah, I don't think they do. I think that feels too cheap. Okay. Or feels it feels like an easy out. So I I don't think they cross over entirely. Because the thing is Saul Goodman's not important in like he 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 doesn't become integral to the the Walter White, I don't know I want to say Walt Whitman, uh Walter White storyline until like further afterward. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Actually, I when did they first meet? Like what were the circumstances? I don't see that that <laughs> That was another thing is I was reminded of like how little I remember because I actually, you know, because I didn't go back and watch more episodes. Like, I don't I don't really even remember exactly why Saul had to get out of town. Like, I I know it was because he was mixed up in what Walt was doing, but like, I don't 
I don't remember like the specifics of why he had to leave. I think it was just like the, uh, well, hmm. Yeah, I, I I think it was just like that. Like Walter told him, or he found out that like yeah, um, Hank knew everything, yeah, and that maybe. that has to implicate him with the DEA. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I literally have no idea when they met. It wasn't until uh, maybe like season three, but yeah, I I don't remember exactly how they they met. All right, well, in due time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chef's Corner. So I've I've got kind of thrown this back to when we used to make um, just regular old traditional T-word picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if I've made this a pick. If I have, it's it's been a while, though, so I'd feel okay making it again. Um, this is the Anchor Soundcore 2 portable Bluetooth speaker. Um. So I kind of have a so kind of mixed feelings about this speaker, but not not for the reason you think. So it is it is a tremendous speaker. It's water resistant, which is great. You know, it's it's fine to leave outdoors for long periods of time. The battery lasts forever. It's small, and most importantly, it sounds really really good. Which gets me to the part that is kind of infuriating about this product, which is its standard price is $40. I got it on sale last year for, I think, about $32, $33. And I think it sounds better than the um, the Bose, uh, what's this thing called? The Sound, sound, like, the Mini sound like Mini. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds better than that speaker, which I had bought in a handful of years earlier for like $250. It's currently $24 on Amazon. Yeah. So it's it's kind <laughs> of depressing how good this Anchor speaker is. Um, and kind of the context of why I'm thinking about this now is because I initially was thinking like, oh, it'd be kind of nice to have some like outdoor speakers here at the house. But it's kind of unnecessary with these like you set up a couple of these anchor soundcore twos or really even just one like in the middle of the backyard that's kind of all you need like it's, it's a gr- it's a great little speaker so do they link because i know there are a lot of bluetooth speakers where you can pair them together and have them play the simultaneous thing does this do that no i don't think this does any of that it also doesn't do another thing that's become common with bluetooth speakers where you can pair multiple devices at once Mm-hmm. I don't think it does any of that. So it's pretty limited on the feature front. But again, it's it's compactness and it's sound quality, you know, make up for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the sound core flare too. Yeah, Anchor's weird. But yeah, but like some stuff, like people just absolutely swear by it. Apparently, like it's like just like the absolute best thing for the price. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, what? How's it charge? Micro USB, probably. Yeah, micro USB. Hmm. Oh, it could be used as a speakerphone too. Dang, that's hmm. It's pretty nice. Okay, so I have two quickies. Let me uh, send you a link in the thing. Okay. So let's 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 pretend that you have um, like a bank or a credit card issuer that hates their customers. And and I don't want to use a real bank's name, so let's 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 say it's it's a bank called Chase. 
and they only let you download the last 90 days of uh, account activity in a useful format, and everything else is, is stuck in um, PDFs that are completely used to, uh, useless to you. So this is an app or a pro an open source project uh, called uh, Taboola that allows you to um, run like a JavaScript application that will import PDF files and it will help you export a um, an Excel compatible CSV file to get um, useful data out of PDFs. It's like if you throw in like an old credit card statement because you're trying to look at like a, to do some budgeting and some spend tracking. Uh, you can throw in old uh, PDF statements and actually get um, something that's usable out of it. Huh. So this is this is pretty great, and it's also a uh, like just a place to complain that like uh, like American Express lets you get CSV files for your past like three years of statements, and Chase only lets you do it for ninety days, which is insane. Like I I absolutely do not get that. But this is um this is a tool that apparently is very popular with um investigative reporters and people who need to um, find e easy ways to comb through um, stuff that's locked into like scanned PDF files and like weird, like archival formats. But yeah, but it, but it's, it's, it's a really good niche tool that is um, actually works really well. Huh? Neat. Yeah. And the last one I will say is there's, there's a, I don't think I've chosen this before, but it's an app that runs on your Mac called one keyboard. And it's spelled kind of like 1Password, where it's number one, and then it's keyboard. So it allows you to use your Mac as a um, Bluetooth keyboard for your iPhone or iPad. So if you've ever had something that only runs on your iPhone, and you want to be able to type more than a couple sentences without pulling your hair out, this allows you to use your Mac as the keyboard for it. Huh. Super niche, but interesting. I have the that little foldable bluetooth keyboard that i could that i could quickly pair to either my iphone or ipad so mm -hmm. not sure when i would use something like this but that, that's neat yeah um is that keyboard made by anchor no i don't think so no it's neat that you can use one keyboard with uh apple tv i could see that being useful oh can you yeah oh that's smart man yeah. that's that's Hmm. I mean, the, you know, the control center widget has a keyboard too, but. I like on one keyboard's website that they have um, all the positive things people have said in reviews about them inside of the little um, olive branches. That looks <laughs> super professional. Uh, what people are saying, hashtag amazing. Hashtag amazing indeed.